very good morning to you. Welcome into the programme. We're coming to you live from Tonleys today. We're with you right through until 12 midday. A little later than usual. We have some wonderful people, though, uh, from Bohemore to tell us the story of one of the oldest parts of Galway. And we'll be joined by Phil Kennedy, Jerry Trainer, Willie Henry will be joining us. Rita Gilligan joins us. And uh, the OBE, she joins us. Pather Tonry, PJ Cabinet with some lovely sports stories with uh, John Morley and the crew there. Deb O'Connell joins us. We're looking at the uh, Connacht Tribune headlines as well on today's programme. And much more between now and 12 midday. Do stay with us. A very good morning to you. We're with you right through until 12 midday. And a very good morning to you. Welcome into today's programme. Keith Finnegan with you right through until 12 midday on this uh, Friday morning. Well, Bohormore is our stop for Community Matters uh, today. And I'm joined by two legends indeed. Phil Kennedy and Jerry Trainer joins us because they are native uh, to Bohormore. And uh, Phil joins me uh, this morning. Phil, morning to you. How are you? Good morning, Keith. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us uh, today on the programme. And Jerry Trainer, morning to you as well. Thanks for joining good morning, us. Good morning, Keith. Phil, talk to me. Where, what part of Bohemore were you from? I'm from St. Anthony's Terrace and from my mother's house and my grandmother's house and Grace is from St. Anthony's Terrace and it all started there in 1937. Again, it's there's such history here so there is and you have such memories as well. Bohemore um, is the maybe first housing estate built in Galway and for those of you who are waiting to contradict me and say Clada Clada was never seen <laughs> as a housing estate Clada, Clada is a village it was a village it yeah, was a so village for yeah. anybody there we don't mean ye mm. but um, Bohemore was the first housing estate and my grandmother and grandfather at that time we didn't have grandparents siblings that were grandmothers and grandfathers came in mostly in the Coraline from Cardindola mm. in from Connemara and we were we went into the houses we were put into and there were corporation houses there were corporation houses and they were very much belonged to the corporation yeah. and we had very much a sense of they allowed us to live in them and you would remember then the rent collector coming along at well Canada. now <laughs> the rent collector <laughs> I'm already on lockout. Tuesday, <laughs> Jerry Twain is carrying on scandalous here. Tuesday was rent day, which mm. was, we could just got everybody else home from the pub from Saturday. And Tuesday was rent day. And I thought, we thought it was fairly optimistic of Amby Roach to be coming up to Bournemouth looking for rent. <laughs> and um, Amby Roach. God be good to him, is the father of James Roach, yeah, the yeah, engineer. Yeah. And my mother would he'd knock at the door all day long, would say, where's Amby? He's down the shell houses. Where's Amby? And he said, not even a bird would fly over on Tuesdays. <laughs> and my mother, uh, she was very, I have to say I'm like her, she was very kind of brazen. And she'd go to the door without the rent, but not without lipstick. Okay. So she'd look the part. Well, she, no, she didn't have to look the part. She didn't have to look like a woman with six children and no rent. Yeah. So, um, the woman next door used to say, my husband backed a horse at 33 to 1, Mr. Roach. In the unlikely event that that horse wins, you will get the money, but I doubt <laughs> it very much. And was it, it was tough enough times? 
Well, you see, we didn't know that. I know, you were living through it. Yeah, we, we didn't know that. All, what I remember is, I'm 74 now, I'm fabulous, but I am 74. <laughs> and um, what I remember is, our mother's out um, sweeping paths. Yeah. And asking a corporation truck, Galway Corporation, mm. it draw it, a bigger crowd than Elvis Presley in the street. <laughs> Yeah, you'll be out, will you get us a knee shoot? Will you get us a bin? My mother asked a fella, will you get us a bin? And he did. And we looked the other side and said, the tavern bar on us <laughs> outside the gate. It, it was tough, but I certainly didn't see it that way. Mm. Women at the gates talking and laughing and putting in turf, the Connemara people, we put it in with them, mm-hmm. give us a few bags of turf. Um, you know, the, the women talking, they weren't talking about how low their self-esteem or, or were they happily married mm. or any of that old nonsense that we're talking now. Jerry, what, do you, what are your memories? <laughs> yes, Keith, uh, Coast Terrace, uh, 34, I think the house were maybe opened or around that time anyway. Yeah. My grandmother, who had come in from the Arden Islands, her rest of soil, she was down in the Drood Lane, down in the Drood, and my mother and my two uncles would have been there, her husband, died in the in, in the war actually in the first world war so she got the house up in Cook's Terrace Tin Cook's Terrace and it's the house my father married into so she came from Drew's Lane Drew's Lane in a share Cook's Lane so she was in the country when she came to Cook's Lane she, Cook's that's, Terrace she, that's it oh absolutely yeah. absolutely there's no two ways about that yeah. I remember going forward my father actually refusing a house in her view because he felt it was too feral <laughs> Abs- yeah. ab- absolutely yeah. that happened I, a lot you know I know yeah that happened a lot but, but there was a yeah you uh, Cook's Terrace, a time and a place. Times were tough enough, you know, work was tight, money was tight. But there was that, and I, I go not during the good old days, there was a great sense of community, not in the sense of a community meetings or anything like that, but you felt safe and you, you felt okay and you would be taken but, care of. But in those days, guys, the doors were left open or the key was left oh, in the door. If there was a key for the door, there was you didn't lock anything. There was nothing locked or otherwise. No, abs- absolutely. It was, and, and the street, then the street was the, uh, you know, you can imagine 10, 12 people in the house. The street was essential. And we were in the street nearly all the time. You know, we could all our games, everything. There was no bother, no worries, just being for your dinner at half past one, whatever it was. I, I'd say they were nearly glad that you were out in the oh, street. Oh, absolutely. There was no, there was no two ways. <laughs> really? well, I'd tell you a story about the first the first Friday. The first Friday, uh, and we'd, we'd be there, we'd say, in July and August because the school holidays. Yeah. So it'd be near enough morning, get maybe eight o'clock, and my mum would say, OK, you have a choice. Half past eight, out in the street, you stay out there until the priest is here and gone, or you go into that kitchen, the door will be closed, and then Patch on O'Brien, Lord Rishi Solbert, yes. would meet the priest, he was at the head servant St. Patrick's, at the end of the terrace, the bells would go and the priest would come up, and into the house, he'd hand his hat to my mother, my mother would be in the small hall, up the stairs to my granny, give her her... Uh, communion, communion and, and, and down again and out but we didn't go near until it was clear the terrace we couldn't try to go in and make a movement but, but there was there was great there was great schlocks on you then there was great there was, I mean there was respect for elders at that point as oh, well absolutely there was, there, was, there was a sense of fun though about the place but the but families were big you said you were from how many Phil? yeah I'm from a family of six but it was my grandmother's house yeah. she was there with my spinster and that is probably cancelled now, that word spinstered. No, no, you can't. Unmarried, whatever. Anyway, the two of them are in the house. And my mother moved in with me, with my father and six of us. 
and she said a couple of months later her sister went to England she said I can't figure out why that one fecked off to England and the pus on her (laughs) could it be because she moved in yeah and when you were saying there about the key and the door the Galway Corporation they own those houses and they made it clear and once a year our houses were expected Inspected by Miss Kennedy. Do you remember the one with the bun and the glasses? Indeed, it's okay, indeed. she did. <laughs> and um, she she did turn the key. Did she? Yeah, she did turn the key. She'd come in without knocking, just turn. She the key. wouldn't bid us the hour of the day. Never mind knock. And she'd inspect the inside. She'd of the house. inspect the inside of the house. She'd go up the stairs, up to the box room. Do you remember there was no light in the box room? The box room. The thought of it would depress her. Lucky read. enough to have a light in any room. But yeah. <laughs> well, when the light was cut out, my fella, my father knew a fella who'd go up the pole, and as long as there was only a fella up the pole, that time you were all right. But she came in, and she inspected the entire house. And she never said one word, and she walked out. Now, my mother, in particular, said plenty of words. My mother and Jerry's mother were best friends. We, it was all just light they entertainment were vo- vocal, to us. Yeah, but wh- come here now, because they're not—they're not huge houses. So you had two rooms upstairs and a bathroom. No bathroom. Y- yeah. no bathroom. No bathroom. No, no. We had to get a bus to Merview to have a bath. Just a toilet. Okay, a toilet. So, and the toilet yeah. was out the back. That's then. It. No, the toilet was no, upstairs. No, no, it was upstairs. Would you remember you couldn't paint in this because you couldn't get That's out? Right, the it was small upstairs with two rooms and another little room downstairs. She's yeah. confusing me with these yeah. configurations. Yeah. So there was, a, there was, a, was there two rooms or three rooms upstairs? Yeah, go, go straight into the house yeah. and you had a small room on the right hand side for a bedroom, whatever, kitchen yeah. and scullery. Then upstairs then you had two bedrooms and a small toilet upstairs. That was the layout of the house. How did you all sleep at night time? But sure, you could, like, I mean, as I said, you get a bed, there might be two in the bed, three in the bed, but you, you managed it, like, you know, you, you, kind of, you survived, you know. No and privacy f- for your parents. No, oh, my God. Phil was telling, Phil was telling, mentioned Hamby Roach there, the Lord's Mercy, they tell her. I remember, it's a strange thing, you know, it started with, say, Cunningham's in our terrace, and we'd assembled then, and he'd be going up the terrace to collect the rent, and then all of a sudden, because of his cop in Torden, the pennies had fall out. But of course, we t- there was no court toward in the trial. He used to knock, knock out a few pennies yes, for us because he, he knew we needed a few pennies for the town hall or whatever. And we put down, if you got one penny, you had 25% of the, the four pennies needed for the town hall, you know. And the other thing you had there, I think, Keith, in the houses there at that time was uh, people might, you'd have a family in the house and you might have a, another uh, family come into lodge, we'll say a husband and a wife and yeah. a child say, from Connemara or wherever. So the people in the house and the people, the Holding the key, we'll say, there, there might have a son, daughter over in Coventry, Birmingham, they're saying, look, things are better over here, it's working better for dad, blah, blah, maybe you should consider coming over. And, and they would, and they did. But in order to do that, then they had to get the, uh, make sure they had the train fare, the boat fare, blah, blah, so on and so forth. And they would, they would sell the key, they would sell the key mm-hmm. to the lodger. And I don't know whether that was legal or what way it went, but they were in then, they wouldn't be put out. The rent rent might go slightly up, but they were in then, and the other people had their money to make their way to Birmingham or Coventry. Isn't it totally different times, Sophie? Well, at that time, we didn't have to keep up with the uh, Kardashians. We just had to keep up with Amber Roach, which was hard (laughs) enough now, I have to tell you. Yeah? And he was a lovely man. But sure, we loved him. And I know his son James is listening. And uh, we loved Amber Roach, and he never humiliated us. And God knows we were humiliated often. Then there was priests going around. <laughs> Look, <laughs> optimistic priests, or arrogant, yeah. uh, going around looking for the Jews. Yeah? Uh, that's D-U-E-S. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the priest 
whose name is available after the meeting (laughs) with the tinted glasses on the horse. He said to my mother, um, I'm looking for the Jews. She said, I don't have any money. I have six children. He said, surely you have a half a crown. And she said, if I have a crown, do I look stupid enough to give it to you? (laughs) So the last I saw of her, she was throwing a bookmaker's umbrella out the steps after him. The women were kind of great at throwing things, weren't they? Threatening us with bread knives and all that. If there was child line now, there'd need to be six phones in our house. And my mother would never see the light of day. Did you ever think of going into comedy? It is comedy. <laughs> and I'll tell you this. She's well for God bless her. Is comedy. Because yeah. we did see, there wasn't that heaviness of people being permanently offended. Yeah. Um, we had our own connection and our own language and when my even then when my daughter Grace was born and Grace as you know has Down syndrome I said to Nancy Kenley Mrs. McDonnell living next door with 11 children I said you know Grace has a little problem Ari Phyllish said we don't know what happened my heart's a scalded she said you wouldn't know what problems yeah we looked for the similarities and not the differences mm-hmm. we didn't have Words like diverse and inclusion, which are only words, really. Mm. We had two words, neighbours and friends. And that was it. That was it. Yeah. yeah. That was it. Um, Jerry, I wish I could speak to you all day long, but I mean, it's, it's obviously... I mean, it's it's very historical here, and a lot more could be done about uh, Bormore. It was fairly hysterical too. What historical? And Keith, from from the very first day, then we had our we had our sporting heroes. I mean, the Druggins were ours. Right. From Keith, Jimmy, Sean, Paddy, Morgan. Yeah. We had Hibernian Soccer Club. Some of those boys were very good boxers. The top of Cookstairs, we had mm. Paddy Delarge, mm. a championship boxer. And, actually, and then we had my own, Our Lady Spice Club. So we were well served in that way, you know? Mm. Very well served. We were very lucky that way. And uh, I tell you a small story about a woman that didn't live too far from yourself in, in, in Murview or Mora. And <laughs> I was in her house one, one day in Murview. And she said to me, she was lodging down at the top of Cookstairs years and years ago. The husband was in the army, she had a couple of kids. And uh, he'd be half 40 be out for saying down for the dinner at, at a quarter to five, he'd have it on the table. Yeah. So she'd have the cooking facility downstairs and sharing it with the people like they're on the house. So she was, she was down cooking the bit of steak anyway, and the potatoes, I suppose, a bit of veg. The kids start crying upstairs, she made a dash up. Now she came down, the pan was there, but there was no steak left. <laughs> <laughs> and she said to me, Did you buy the steak at all today? <laughs> Can't be good to the just dead. Another woman, well known, actually, fact, you don't, don't, don't tell me on air, please, just in case I she's not dead. Because indeed, indeed <laughs> the woman next yeah. door to us used to make a wallpaper paste out of flour and water and put up this flowery wallpaper. And then if she had it over, some over, she had a bit of sugar and she made pancakes for us. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Flour, water, uh, and a bit of sugar. Yes, yeah, suppose, yeah. Yeah, well, the sugar now, but for the pancakes, not for the wallpaper. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? And um, it was just not, we weren't heavy weather. We're not heavy weather now. But you never But I, I want to say this. I want to say this, that there was a time, and might still be a time, when people wouldn't be caught alive in Bohemore. Yeah. Now they want to rest for eternity among us, which mm. leaves us without graves. Mm. That's, you said that to me before, but you're yeah. right, yeah. And it's, I'll say it at every opportunity. It's chock-a-block, so it is. Yeah. Guys, thanks for popping into us today. But I think more needs to be done and documented on this because there's a wealth of history here that we can only tip the tip of the iceberg at this morning. Oh, I thought myself and Jerry were here until two, <laughs> no? 
Well, no, sorry. No, you're you're going bringing this young man out. So John Morley's young. You, you th- go on. You I really want to tell you now, three more in a boy band. <laughs> <laughs> and he can sing. I couldn't get over the the, 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 the doshiness of him. Yeah. So when when she saw the John, she didn't realise he was so young, and she said, "I don't know whether to birth him or adopt him." But, yeah, well, that's about the size of it, yeah. <laughs> He's from Mayo. Who isn't? Mayo. And you were saying there, Jerry, in uh, Bohemore and Cook's Terrace. Uh, Standard printers, Michael Cunningham. Mike, indeed, indeed. Yeah, Elwoods, and Jimmy, uh, and Elwoods, the Castleys, O'Malley Holmes. Your name dropping now, so you are. But you're the Bino Galway only for us. I'm telling you, should we know that? Listen, Phil, thanks for popping into us this morning. Sorry for the delay in getting started. Jerry Trainer. Thank you for joining And thanks to Tonerys as well. Again, an institution here in Bohemia. And Tonerys are of Bohemia. They are of. Yeah, indeed. I think Jimmy might have won a county championship. Middle as well, yeah, Jimmy Jim Turner, the, the father here. I must okay. check it out. I was reading it last night, but William, check it out for me. Yeah. Make sure you get it right. You see, I love the yeah. way you said Jimmy and Keith was supposed <laughs> to know who, yeah. Guys, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. One for Phil Kennedy and Jerry Trainer. We'll do more of this, so we will with the two guys. But thanks for joining us. Now it's 9 41. We're going to take a short commercial break. And you know, that'd lift the spirits of anybody this morning with the two, uh, with Jerry and Phil Kennedy. I just love both of them, and I love uh, Phil's humour as well. Quick commercial break we're back just after these live from Tonerys Galway Talks in association with Tesco Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you now, a very good morning to you on this Friday morning. Keith Finning with you at 12 midday. And we're in Bohemore as part of Community Matters. And we're, we will be going to our host uh, very shortly indeed. But Willie Henry, who's the local historian, and he's on the walls of Tonerys. Is, is, that, is, is that the ultimate... Is that the ultimate That's accolade in life now for you, Mr. Is, historian, yeah. is it? Yeah. yeah. But I'm on the walls and torn. Yeah. And you think that if I look up to the <laughs> under 16... There, <laughs> he said, do you, do you notice anybody up on the wall? The under 16 winners of the Galway City League in 1968. You were underage, but I can't even see you. And I've got new glasses. Listen, um, the, the history of Bohemore is just tremendous, so it is. And we, we spoke with Phil and Jerry, and we talked to many others as well. Um, but there's, a, there's an industrial side to it as well, with the, the hat factory that's here. Yeah, the hat factory, that, that's, um, it's a fantastic story, really, in 1937. A lot of people said that the hat factory opened in 1938. They came in 1938. Well, that's in Bohemore, it did. But in 1937, they first arrived and they employed 20 of a staff down in um, a building near Air Square. It was uh, owned by Baileys and Leidens. Mm. And they had 20 people employed, and they brought over 12 experts from Belgium, France, and England to train these people. And uh, they were started producing 1,000, 2,100 hats a day. So then a, a year day. later, a day, yeah. And a, day, a year later, they moved to Bormore when the factory opened. It was built by um, uh, Jack Stewart, from Salt Hill yeah. at 11,000 pounds the factory was built away. and it was on nearly three acres the whole site you know and it was owned by Sean Lamass he was the Minister for Industry and Commerce at the time and um, it, it became an overnight success really because mm. it employed uh, within within 12 months or 18 months it was employing 250 people and the, these people now were being trained by the trainers in Galway that had been trained by the, the other people. And did many people from Bohemore get a job there? There was. There was, there was, there was quite a big population of Bohemore people there. And um, it, was, it, was a, it was a new industry. You know, it was totally new to Galway. And it wasn't just for Bohemore. 
this was looked at right around the city like as the place to get a job yeah. and and so there was there was the, the hat factory then the cotton factory came to Sandy the, Road yeah, oh, that's not in Bohemore so we can't talk about it yeah. Phil will give out yeah. to me it has to be in Bohemore for, for us to but talk the, about it but the, the cotton factory came then but the hat factory came um, <coughs> and brought that employment but it, it, the, despite the you know the the, the conception that there was never a strike there, that it was all happy days. There was a strike in 1943, and it lasted five weeks, and there was absolute terror around Galway because they said, if the hat factory closed, what are we going to do? So there was... They was it the only factory at the time? It was really, yeah, it was one of the big ones. Well, there was, there was down on Island, there was the woolen mills and all of this type yeah, of thing, yeah. you know, but... But this was, was a big industry, the, yeah. The, the, the this was the med tech sector this now, was, yeah. This was, as you said earlier... Uh, outside the city wall, you know, outside, yeah. you know, it was almost out the country. Yeah. And, and in fact, there was all disputes, actually. When were they going to have a bus service to bring workers to and from? Get away. To and from the hat factory, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. But it, they, that was solved. And that hat factory actually had, um, as we're looking up at sports people here, had a fantastic hurling team. And uh, I know there was one... It was one particular match that they bit lumps, as the fellas said, you know, off of uh, McDonough's, Thomas McDonough's. Get and away. all the Baltimore were so delighted. Back to Swamp, was a massive crowd, <laughs> like, you know. So, <clears throat> yeah, and it was all a lot of the Baltimore lads. Yeah. Then again, there were Whitley Millers, they were 98s, they all had, they all had a hurling background. Mm. And the, the factory actually was producing, if you look at the population, it's hard to believe this. In 1936, the population of Ireland, the female population of Ireland was 1.5 million. Now, you take the, the children, the, the female children out of that equation, and Ireland were still needed 1,200,000 hats a year for the women. Get away. So, most women, were, they, were, they, were, they seemed like, they were, they were, put it this way to you, they, were, they weren't in fashion if they didn't have at least two hats in the year. No, so the and the hat factory, the, the the ladies up there were were also advertising them, and what was interesting was that in 1947, a new craze. Well, it was there already, but it seemed to kind of sweep across the country, particularly around Galway, and a new craze. And the hat factory management became absolutely seriously concerned about this. It called it the bizarre headscarf craze. Ah. so the headscarf so the was scarf going to affect superseded the hat. The hat. You know, the other industry, which isn't an industry, but I mean, the other big part of Bohemore that goes really unnoticed is the new cemetery. The new cemetery, yeah. That's when, when did that come to be? Absolutely massive history there as well. In 1880 it opened. 1880. And the, it wasn't, it wasn't um, we'll say, consecrated until 1881. Okay. But that's where there's confusion about, was it 1881 or 81? But it was actually 1880 it opened. But wasn't it a brave the, move to put a cemetery so close to the city centre? Well, it, it was, Keith, but there was a, a dire need because Fort Hill was actually full yeah. by the Great Famine. So, and course, they were yeah. told, like, not to be putting any more burials to Fort Hill. Rahun had opened the same, the same time, okay. but that was on the west side of the city. So that was really in the country? That was really in the country. Yeah. And the first burial there was a little boy, seven years of age, Thomas O'Shaughnessy was his name. Get away. Uh, and um, he was buried there in March in 1880, before the ground was actually consecrated. But the walls were built. I mean, the, the, work, yeah. the workmanship within the um, cemetery as well. It's yeah. Thomas Nugent of uh, St. Patrick's Avenue, he was the hereditary, we'll say, new, um, stone masons. Um, stone masons. Yeah. He, he's the same man. His father had actually built the Bishop's Palace. In called the Bishop's Palace. Taylor Mount Hill, St. Mary's yeah. Terrace Hill. He had also built the St. Ignatius Church. Uh, he had built O'Brien's Bridge. 
and underpinned the Samuel Bridge in 1850. And you can just imagine today, the Samuel Bridge is still taking that level of traffic that it is today. Yeah. And they're not going to move the traffic off it, it's to move the pedestrians off it. Yeah. So it goes to show you how the, 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 the workmanship, but Thomas Nugent did the Morsery chapels in the, in, the, in the cemetery and the walls. It's actually quite, it's, it's a Victorian cemetery, really. It is, it is. You yeah, know, when, you, when you look at it. Will you stay with me? I want to go to our host uh, today and um, he's the younger generation, but Pather Tonery joins me uh, here as well. Pather, good morning to you. How are you today? Morning, Keith. I'll pull you right into that microphone <coughs> there if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, Again, Tonery's, as Phil Kennedy said to us earlier on, it, it is Boromore. Yeah, we're 64 years open this year, Keith. You know, family, family business, and it's, it's all going great, thank God. Is it? And you're involved. You're the yeah. you're the new generation. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Tom and my dad were here before, and my grandfather James before that again. So, yes, so you've a lot to live up to then. Do you? A lot to live up to, yeah. Yeah, and I met I met some of the crew here earlier on today, but you're embedded in the community. Yes. Yes, yeah, it's a great community in fairness. Great people around here and everything else. I wouldn't say they'd let you have any airs and graces now. Certainly they? not. No, they'd knock you down dirt very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I, but that's what I like about it. You know, you're, yeah. I grew up in Murview and you wouldn't get away with stuff up there either, but you can't mention Murview and Bohemore today. But I mean, they, they, would, they would knock you down to size though, wouldn't Absolutely, they? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> They're all great people around here in fairness. We have a great relationship with them. And again, just you're, you're still open. You're still here. Everything's still going well, thank yeah. God. You don't at the weekend. or you don't open until late. Yeah, we we open at five or four during the week, and uh, week week weekends two o'clock during the day, one o'clock on Sundays for sport. So it's it's good. And you're still getting the local client. All locals, all locals. Thank God, great local clientele. Isn't isn't it lovely to to see them still coming? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, you, and you have a good party team as well. We have a good party team. We've your own doc giving us a hand the weekends and everything else, and it's it's brilliant. Yeah, listen, well done to you. Thanks for letting us. Absolutely. I know you've counted the cutlery, the chairs, <laughs> and everything else that you have. And uh, everything was counted last night, so it was an audited uh, from there. It just shows, though, um, Willie, I mean, the, the impact of Tonery starting up all those years ago. Pather, here's the new generation. Uh, and the impact that this has had on the community. Yeah, Tonery's is, is, it is really part of the community. It's, it's, it's you know, it's right in, in, in the heart of the, we'll say, Bormore and now Galway City. And what I've always liked about Bormore when they changed the decor, but many years ago, no, Pather, but 30 years ago. 30 years ago. It still years looks ago. as though it was done last week, you know. This yeah, it does, yeah. But, but I'll just tell you one very brief story, if, you, if I have time for... Uh, just Don't be Russian now, <laughs> really. I wouldn't like to think <laughs> I'm Russian you at all. No, but uh, I'll tell you, uh, during the 1970s, Jerry Trainer will probably remember the actual date, but uh, my, my uncle Michael Trainer died, and he lived across the road, just next to Tonry's. And in the morning car... My mother, my auntie Tessie, and my auntie Mary, who was a pure character, Tessie and Mary were pure characters. They were in the morning car behind. So my uncle Michael, um, he frequented Tony's pub quite a bit. You know, he was he was one of the real locals he back was, in the he day. He did some research. <laughs> yeah, he was always he was always he had great stories, and he uh, he'd always bring a book over to pass the time if there was nobody if he couldn't meet anybody that he knew very well. So he he died, God rest him, and the day of his burial, they were coming up from St Patrick's Church, and the hearse stopped right outside his house. Which and Auntie Mary, in the back of the car, turned hand to Tessie, and my mother and she said oh Kitty oh Tessie isn't it wonderful they stopped outside outside Tony's for a minute for Michael <laughs> <laughs> she forgot where he was living <laughs> 
But they're the type of stories that, that you'll remember moving, yeah. you know, it's for, for years and years. And they're the type of stories that need to be documented. You're documenting them, aren't you? I am, yeah, Keith. At the moment, they're doing a series of articles on Bormore for the City Tribune, you know. Um, when will they be coming out? Well, the first one is out today. It's on oh, ancient really? Bormore, the very first. You like, Bormore is divided really into three areas, Prospect Hill, Bormore and Grealish Town. Excuse me, will you just clarify that with Phil Kennedy? Because <laughs> she, she says Bormore is Bormore and oh, Prospect yes. Hill is not in Bormore <laughs> and St. Bridges Terrace is not in Bormore. But the, the old Bormore Road ran from Symmetry Cross to Air Square. Okay. It's just that the section that uh, the safer postal reasons I don't know about that gate but, but yeah. <laughs> I'll take their word for it Wow and do you know what I suppose if you think of all those I'm going to head to news shortly but if, if you think of all those um, issues that we're talking about and the poverty and all that was going with it and now you see the volume of traffic on that road every day I yeah, mean, in your wildest dreams yeah. your, your Auntie Mary that's you, you spoke they about they couldn't think of the yeah. amount of traffic well there. in fact in 1935 after the People moved in from Biddy's Lane and from Cross Street, and yeah. so even some from the Clatter, believe it or not, and uh, um, Forbes Lane. And they moved into the new houses in Bohemore. There was a complaint sent in that there was no playground from the children, and they were risking their lives playing on the road football. And nothing on the road. And the stench of petrol. Nothing <laughs> on the road. <laughs> Listen, guys, thanks for joining us. Panda, thanks for letting us in uh, today. And again, uh, thank you, Willie Henry, for joining us. Yet to come on the programme, by the way, we're going to be joined shortly uh, by the uh, wonderful, indeed, Rita Gilligan. We'll be joined by PJ Kavner. Uh, we'll be looking and speaking to Anna Killeen. And we'll also be talking to Margaret McFadden and Ollie Ryan and many others, including Mrs. Crow. Rita Crow will be joining us uh, just at around 10.45 this morning. Do stay with us. We'll come to you live from Tonerys here on Bormore. We're thrilled and excited to be here and we're with you right through until 12 midday. Let's head back to uh, Sandy Road, which is only up the road from here and not in Bormore, uh, for the 10 o'clock news and we're back just after these. Galway Tones, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie.